Welcome, Welcome to the, the Matt, Matt Largent, Largent Concert. Because if you're going to screw it up, screw it up with style. You've got to serve and serve first, and then you have to make that conscious decision for me. Oh, if you have any problems, dial information. Thank you for calling. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Um, as you may have noticed on a little recording note, uh, I have moved my recording to Thursdays instead of Sundays. So if you were searching for the next episode, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I apologize for not getting that to you sooner. Um, it, it's been quite a lot going on, but today we are here and we are going to share some good things. Um, no guests this week, but we do have guests lined up. Uh, next week and the week after that. And so I'm looking forward to having a chance to talk with them. And we even got some new states in the mix. We finally got Pennsylvania in the mix. So good job, Gibson, getting in the mix. And welcome to our friends in Pennsylvania. Uh, they're in Philadelphia. Um, Oklahoma has taken the top spot. It was Virginia, but Oklahoma. Uh, so how exciting. Uh, gotten some hometown listeners. So welcome to the show, guys. Uh, Texas, everywhere from Dallas to Houston, Richardson, uh, Bjorn. I don't know how to say that. So if I'm saying it wrong, you're going to have to fix that. And even Oakland and Bedford, Iowa. So uh, welcome to all you guys in the U.S. And, of course, we still have uh, Lebanon, Italy, Romania, Belgium, and uh, a pretty good following in Germany. So how cool is that? Uh, People are listening, and I'm enjoying talking. So uh, as always, you guys, you can find me at www.mattlargentconcert.com. So M-A-T-T-L-A-R-G-E-N-T c-o-n-c-e-r-t dot com and so you can reach me there you can email me there um it has a little down at the bottom connect with me uh you can send me notes and all kinds of stuff you can find me on social media facebook linkedin uh instagram matt largent concert or matthew largent either one of those uh and you can find me on any of those and i am happy to connect got some good feedback uh and some exciting things coming your way over the next few episodes because guys we are almost through talking about the characteristics of servant leadership and that means that as we gain this understanding and this basic principle of servant leadership we're going to start diving into looking at it in the modern era and what's going on Uh, i get a chance to meet with a big group of leaders uh, coming up here in may and we're going to talk about the challenges of modern day servant leadership Uh, and how we can overcome those challenges. And so I'll be looking forward to bringing a lot of their input and their feedback back to you guys. So look forward to that in May. Uh, And so we've got a lot of good things happening, some guests coming up. Um, We got Dr. Michael Statton that will be joining us here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Tony Clyde, uh, you know, Gibson's going to be back. So we have several guests that will be joining us as well. So if you're getting tired of hearing me nonstop, then get get ready because we're going to get some new people in here uh, so that you can hear multiple people talking at the same time. So uh, looking forward to all that. Today we're in servant leadership, okay, and we have gone through 
almost all the traits of servant leadership. The base traits, and so in Greenleaf's initial 10 characteristics of servant leader, he said a good servant is has listening and empathy and healing. Uh, leaders have good awareness, persuasion, conceptualization, foresight. Servant leaders bring stewardship, and they have a commitment to their people. And so we've talked about each of those, and now here we are on our 10th of the 10 basics, and then we're going to dive into uh, what the Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership continued their study, and they said, hey, there are two more characteristics that we see in servant leadership that we feel like uh, Greenleaf talked about, but he didn't recognize as as these characteristics, and so uh, those are calling and nurturing the spirit. And so we'll dive into those, calling next week, nurturing spirit week after that. Uh, and so I think we're going to have Gibson on there with calling, uh, and we may have Dr. Stanton on with nurturing the spirit uh, or, or Tony with us. So we, we've got some good lineup coming up, uh, tie it all together and try to kind of wrap that up so that we can start talking about challenges to modern-day servant leadership. So. But today, we're talking about building community. And building community is an interesting interesting way uh, to think about it. It's an interesting term. It's an interesting concept. Lena Patel said, whether you realize it or not, as a leader, all eyes are on you as the people within your circle of influence want to know what you stand for and what you are proactively doing for the benefit of their cause and society at large. And I think that really kind of ties in and says a lot about um, the building community. Because as leaders, if we are servant leaders, then people look to us to serve, and they want to they want to follow that. They want to be a part of that, and they want to see if you're serving for their benefit or for the benefit of things that they believe in or benefits of society altogether. Um, they're looking to see what you, what you're really kind of putting together. Mary Rodman author, Mary Rodman said, teaching simply means find your niche and excel at it. Teach children, teach patients, show compassion. She said, your actions as a servant are teachable moments. In other words, don't be a servant alone. Bring someone beside you and teach them how to serve with a willing heart. Uh, and one of my favorite, Kingsley Manuel said, I may not be able to fill up someone else, but I have a responsibility to empty myself with the hope that it fills someone else. I may not be able to light someone's lamp, but I also have the responsibility of shining my light with the hope that it lights someone else. And so, as you can see, servant leadership and just about every piece, part, and discussion, every person who has studied servant leadership brings into the idea of building community. And so, when Greenleaf discussed this, he said, all that I need, all that is needed to rebuild community as a viable life form for large numbers of people is enough servant leaders to show the way, not by mass movements, but by each servant leader demonstrating his or her unlimited liability for quite specific community-related group. And so that seems like a lot in what he's saying, 
Um, but rebuilding community, when he says this, he talks about rebuilding community. He's not saying building communities. He's saying rebuilding community, meaning that it was once existed. It, it was once there. And we need to rebuild that. We need to put that back together. Because even though in many workplaces, communities, groups, organizations, whatever your servant leader in, there's a sense of community or there may be uh, a strong sense or there used to be a strong sense of community. It's not as strong and prevalent, especially nowadays with the Great Recession, people working from home, uh, you know, challenges in the workplace, everybody's short-staffed, and I mean, inflation, and there's just uh, gobs of things going on. We're still technically in a pandemic. There's a lot of things how going on, and so the idea of the community um, is is faltering. It's it's struggling. And so this more than ever is the time that we need to start rebuilding community. Uh, We need to understand that community once existed, it needs to be restored. So if you think about what is community, what does that mean? A community, if you, if you look it up, the definition of community is a feeling of fellowship with others. As a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. A feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. It's it's the result. It's we share common attitudes. We share common interests. We share common goals. And so the key to building community can be found in that simple phrase right there. Because it says... If you ha- if you create common attitudes, common interests, common goals for people, then you are going to create a fellowship, which is a community, and it increases your effectiveness tenfold. Uh, I think the engaged employees can impact a workplace up to forty four percent, and engaged being that they they believe. In a, they have a shared attitude, they have a shared drive, they have a shared interest, they have a shared goal, they're on the same page, values and vision align, and so they believe in where they're going, and so they've created this community, and they it's not, hey, that's not my job, you know, that's not what I do, and that is tough right now. I'm telling you, it's still, and I talked about this a few episodes ago, it still just drives me crazy because I still see it so prevalent on social media, the, the well, it's not my job. Well, it's not my job description. I saw a, a, a video on social media uh, just today where the guy was like, uh, his boss would, you know, it was, it was of course, you know, role play or, or you know, fake, but his boss said, you know, hey, you know, everybody kind of stayed over the weekend to help get this done. What didn't you say? And the guy said, well, my paycheck said that I don't get paid enough to do that. He said, well, you know, but here we work as a team. As a team, we try to accomplish these things and do it together. And the guy said, well, that's not what my paycheck says. What my paycheck says is I don't get paid enough to do this after hours. And I'm looking at this like, well, that's, I mean, there's there's the there's a loss of community right there. Now, is a loss of community because of that employee? No. 
Maybe that leader isn't serving. How can you serve, though, in some of these cases when you're serving over phone calls and video chats and emails? How can I serve you properly in those? And so we're going to dive into that kind of when we start talking about challenges here, uh, you know, towards the end of May uh, here in about four or five episodes. So look for that one. That's going to be a fun one to get to get targeted and and to go after. So um, but let's talk about how do we get shared common attitudes, shared interest and shared goals, right? Well, first off, we have to have a common goal. We have to have a clear vision. Okay, we have to have clear vision because I'd say it when I teach my class all the time. A vision is something they can see. I mean, they they really that's why they call it a vision. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much clearer that title can be. But when they say I have a vision, that means they can see it clearly. It, they can smell it. They have the, they can taste the, the sound they, it's all, they can hear, feel, taste. It's, it's completely in all of their senses. A vision gives such a clear picture, such a drive, a desire and, and a focus on these, these, these pieces that that people truly can't see it if they can't then it's merely a mirage because a mirage is something that people think they see it kind of wavers a little bit it kind of shimmies and shimmers and it's it's a it's kind of a last grasp and they're kind of just hoping that they can make it there and then at the last minute they find out that it's fake That's what bad servant leadership brings to the table. If you don't give them a clear vision or if you give them a a muddled vision, you're giving them a mirage and then they're driving towards this mirage and then they realize that it's fake, that that it's not real, it's not happening And, and it really changes the complete outcome of everything. You've got to drive towards a common goal meaning you've got to have a clear vision and that vision has to be real it has to be based in something you've got to be able to have that awareness that we talked about you've got to be able to have that conceptualization that we talked about you've really got to have a good vision in place to create that common goal because again if we're looking to build community within people we're looking to create a group of people that have common attitudes, interests, and goals. And the goal has to be something bigger than themselves, something that they're excited about, something they want to be a part of. If that is our our drive and what we want to have, if we want to increase our effectiveness and camaraderie and, and ability and have this great community of servant leaders or people who are wanting and growing into servant leadership, They've got to start with a clear vision. They've got to start with a common goal that's real, that's based in truth and in fact and in honesty and in openness, and they've got to see a bigger picture in it. Now, it can be very tough because businesses are businesses. I mean, you know, it's hard to get people past the idea of it's not about the almighty dollar. And so, you know, I run into this often as a business owner and as a, uh, you know, a a senior officer and uh, dealing with, you know, anywhere between 
50 and 80 employees and in 16 different locations and all these different things. I run into this quite often because it's like, well, you know, you want to make more income. Yes. I mean, the bottom line, yes, I want to make more income, but it's not what I want to make. It's not that I want to make more income is why do I want to make more income by increasing our income? I can increase my benefits. By increasing our income, I can increase my pay. By increasing our income, I can open new locations, which means then I need new managers. Then I can promote the people who have been serving and leading underneath me and grow them to new levels. If I increase my income, I can give better products and services to my to my customers. By increasing my income, I can make bigger impacts in my community, in my area, and in my country. By increasing my income, I have better opportunities to do more things for more people and especially the ones that I serve and that I care about. But I could give them just the things that they think they want and watch that that business go just tumbling down the trash heap. You know, Walt Disney, when he first started, he was working for a company doing doing cartoons and sketches and things like that and he wasn't doing very well and they didn't you know he didn't like that business culture and so he left and started his own his own studio now the funny thing is is that he started his own studio i think it was in kansas he started his own studio and it absolutely bombed and why because he wasn't looking at servant leadership as it's my responsibility to grow my business so that my employees, the people I serve, the people I work for, it, that they have better opportunities. They get to grow. It was, we're going to do this completely different than status quo. We're not going to worry about this, that it's going to come because I'm going to have the best people around me. And there was no vision. There's no goal. There's no drive. There's no determination. And there's no why behind that. And so it absolutely bombed. It just flopped miserably because you have to actually have business sense. You have to understand that I have zero opportunity to grow, you know, up to 80 employees. I I can't make them that next level. I can't make them managers and leaders and district managers and I can't grow them if I'm not growing my business because then I don't if I'm not growing my business then I'm not going to be adding new branches I'm not going to be adding new locations I'm not going to be building my brand I'm not going to be increasing you know roles and opportunities I'm shrinking them because I'm losing hand over fist I grow my income so that I can turn around and use that income to serve better. And so by giving that goal, by giving that vision clearly and the whys behind it, and then showing them how we can do that, and most importantly, by following up. When we do very well, then I open a new location. I promote people. I make things happen. Because I said, if we do this, this is what's going to happen. And I gave them that vision. You are going to see in 
a year to two years, you're going to be managing your own team. And in three to five years, you could be managing, you know, several managers and leaders. And in, you know, 10 to 15 years, you could be managing districts and, and having your own area. And, and I show them that vision and I get them so bought into it. And I show them the plan and I show them the, the direction and I sit down with them and I make these very direct, you know, on this date, here's what we want to have accomplished so that if you have that accomplished, I can do this. And if they have that accomplished, then by God, I'd got to do this because I said I would. And if I show them that I'm, that I, I'm going to do what I say, then they're more likely to see that that vision solidifies even more. It becomes stronger in them. But if I don't do what I say, or if I just tell them, hey, guys, you know, income was down by 10%, so we need to build our income back. We need to see a good, you know, we need that 10% back plus 5% more, uh, you know, otherwise people could lose their job. Well, that sucks. There's no vision. There's nothing there that they can sink into. There's nothing that's big enough. And so I've got to give clear vision. And I've got to act and be in it with my people. I've got to serve with them. I can't do as I say and not as I do. I've got to be in the mix with them. I've got to be in the hunt. I've got to be in the fight. And I use, I've got to use my strengths. Some of my people are not very good with data and analytics, so I help them with their data and analytics. Some of them struggle with, you know, finding the right fits and and bringing new people in, and so I've got to help them with those. I've got to get involved and do it with my people. I've seen images of people who are, you know, the, the employee climbing the mountain or the person you're serving climbing that mountain, and you're behind them pushing them the whole way. My job is not to be behind them. My job is to get to the top of that mountain, throw down a rope, and start pulling them up hand over fist. Because if I can get to the top of the mountain, they can see that I did it too. And I'm going to help them do it. I did it with them. We're doing it together. But I'm still going to lead the way. I'm still going to take the. I'm still going to do the work. I'm not going to sit at the bottom and go, no, 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 throw the rope the other way. Ah, okay, get back up. It's just two broken legs. You'll be fine. No inspiration leads to desperation. No organization leads to chaos. You've got to have organization and you've got to have inspiration. That's where we were talking about. We're talking at the beginning of the season. uh, We were talking about you got to know exactly where you are. You may be a very inspirational leader. But if you don't have organization, you don't have direction, you don't have good strategies and plans in place, then pretty soon you can't deliver or you're delivering false promises. You're giving them a very, very nice mirage and it wavers in the desert and they're constantly chasing it until they just get tired and they professionally die. You've got to go not just give them that great vision that they're excited about, but you've got to have the organization and the strategy and the planning and the designation and the understanding of what you need to do. If you guys ever watched like the, the Gordon Ramsay, like kitchen nightmares and, and 
you know, like the uh, the guy that goes in bar rescue and, and shows like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You get these places where the business owner doesn't really have a doggone clue, right? Like they're doing, hey, we're going to do two for one dinners tonight. And so my dinners cost 20 bucks each. So we're doing two for one. So now I'm only making 10 bucks each, but I'm spending, you know, $13 a plate to put it out there because I got to pay my people. I'm paying my rent. I'm paying my, my employees and all of my supplies and for the food and all of that stuff. I'm paying 13, 14 bucks a plate, but man, I'm bringing in people hand out like they're coming in now. Yeah. Cause you're losing hand over fist. You're losing money. They're find they found a cheap deal. It's not that it's great, it's that it's cheap. And so now you've got employees that are losing money cuz they're not making as much. You're losing money, so then you're starting to cut back on your quality. You're starting to cut back on your people and on the things that they need and everybody fails in that. You've got to have organization and strategy. Inspiration isn't enough. You got to know that servant leaders aren't just about building community within organizations, but it's also building community among organizations. You've got to value collaboration and you can't be afraid of somebody who's better than you. You can't be afraid of someone who's better than you. And we have a tendency as leaders to be afraid of the next best thing because it's going to replace us. What other point is there to what we do than to find those that will go beyond us? Those that are going to carry our torch beyond us. I'd rather have somebody better than me tell great stories to those that they serve and those that they teach about me and and what impact I made for them because that's a great legacy to leave and continue on. That's exciting to be remembered in those regards. You've got to be willing to collaborate outside of your organization. You've got to be willing to collaborate inside your organization. There's too many organizations that have multiple departments or areas this department does this and this one does that a great one is you know you talk about like the it it touches everything right if you've got an it department they touch everything and they are pretty much the you know the redheaded stepchilds of almost every business but almost every business that has one absolutely needs them and it's critical but people are just kind of like well they're it you know it's it uh, you know, it's like, and if you call IT for help, you ever get the, the person that's like, well, did you check and see if it was plugged in? You just want to reach through the phone and choke them out. Serve. Yes, I did check to make sure that everything was seated firmly in the back. The power cord is seated firmly in. The light is on. However, there's nothing that is showing on my screen. The screen is on. I've checked to make sure that the that the plug is secure in it. Sometimes those fall out. I understand that. And I appreciate you making you, you having me check that just to make sure it's not something simple that we can solve together. And, and I'm just giving them, hey, 
here's maybe a better way to put this. There's an opportunity to serve in every every engagement that you have with people, both in your organization, within your small community in your organization, within all the different communities in your organization, outside of your organization. But again, it starts with that very simple, that very, very simple definition. Fellowship as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. Goals we have direct control over. What about attitudes and interests? I don't have any control over my people's attitudes or those that I work with's attitudes. You brought them in. You knew their attitude coming in the gate. If you brought them into, uh, and I get it, sometimes you may not have control over that. Sometimes you may not have, but if I'm the servant leader, my attitude can affect and change theirs. Building community creates a happier workplace. Not a happy workplace, a happier workplace. Don't get me hung up. Nobody loves going working their butts off 40 to 50 or 60 hours a week or whatever it is that you're putting in. Nobody loves to do that just so that they can pay bills. Like, what am I getting out of this? Well, learning, growth, development, personal achievement. One thing that you've got to do is you've got to make sure that they have friends and people that they have community with at work. They need to have a bestie at work. And no, if you're the leader, you're not their bestie. You're their mentor. You're their role model. You're the person that they look up to and they listen to. You're the person that's on stage, right? You're the person that is on stage. I said, you know, Lena Patel said what? Her first thing she said, whether you realize it or not, as a leader, all eyes are on you. You're on stage to them. So you've got to understand they're not there to be your friend. They're there to learn from you. They're there for you to grow them. They're there for opportunity. They're there for development. They're there for the next steps. So make sure that they have people that they want to work with by hiring the right people, first of all. And if you don't have that option to hire the right people, put the right people together. Use their strengths. Engage them better to the organization. Build camaraderie with them. I tell you, as as a as a marine and then a soldier, uh, anytime that I would go out on a patrol or on on a, you know a mission or anything like that, I would gather. It was initially just uh, a battery group, uh, you know, a fire direction control that I was in, uh, and then as infantrymen, a, a, a squad, and you know, then a platoon. But every time before we would leave out, we'd all just gather around and it never, it doesn't matter to me at that point. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're Muslim or Buddhist or Christian or Jewish or atheist or agnostic or whatever you are. The goal was for us to just gather around, put our hands on each other, put our heads down and just feel the energy from each other. Feel the energy for me as a Christian from God and, and Jesus and the presence and just holding over us. And so it became just kind of our way of doing things. 
And it became a community because we had a common goal. First off, common goal was to get the mission done and no injuries, no accidents, and no deaths. That's a pretty daggum strong common goal. So a little bit easier for us to have that common goal than it may be for you. But on top of that, it was to take care of each other. It wasn't just that I want to get my butt home safe. It was I want everybody next to me home safe. I don't want to leave anybody behind. I won't leave anybody behind. I won't let them be hurt. I will take care of this person next to me. I will make sure that they achieve that same goal because we're on the same mission. We're on the same drive. We're going to achieve it together. And... That's a hell of a lot harder than earning than making better income. So we had a common attitude. We had a common goal, a little bit different interests because we were all different denominations and faiths and whatever, but our interest was we were going to accomplish what we needed to be done. We were patriotic. We were believers. Not once. Did I lose anyone to injury? Not once did I lose anybody in the field. And those, I'll tell you, what the last few that I did, we would gather around, we'd all put hands on each other, and all of a sudden I've got motor pool people coming over and put laying their hands, and I've got, you know, air crews coming over laying hands, other squads and platoons coming up and i mean we've got a group of you know a couple of hundred people just putting hands on each other and our community grew good communities thrive they multiply they grow people want to be like that people see the great things that come from that jana cachola um another author said your vision is sometimes seen through your actions as leaders. It's our responsibility to give our teams the experience of that vision by our work each day. What a powerful quote. You've got to every day, give the experience of that vision, that faith, that belief, that camaraderie, that strength, that common goal, united in interest and in goals and in a vision that we all believe in, we develop a camaraderie, we develop a community, and people want to be a part of that. We naturally attract others to that. People see it and they're like, man, I want to be a part of that. I can't tell you how many people have come to work for me that were like, yeah, you know, I go by there all the time and they always look like they're having such a good time and they enjoy each other and they're really, and I'm just like, had nothing to do with sign on bonuses. It had nothing to do with a paycheck being more or less or benefits being, they wanted to be a part of that community. Leaders build a strong community and you will draw the people that you want because they want to be a part of it. So I'm going to tell you again, just as I told you at the beginning, community is that feeling of fellowship. It's that feeling of togetherness. 
is that feeling that that person next to you, you're not going to let them fail, fall, or, or go down, not next to you. It won't happen. And the reason why, it's simply the result of having a common attitude, common interests, think core values, right? And a common goal, vision. So I'm taking it all the way back to episode one, season one, the very first show we talked about. You have to have strong core values and a strong vision. You will develop community, period, point blank, no ifs, ands, or buts. If you don't have a strong community, you're like, I have great core values. I am a great core value person. And I have a very strong vision, but I do not have a team that is like all together and connected and feels you know like a family and a unit but i've got all those other things then i'm gonna beg to differ and i'm gonna tell you that you're either lying to yourself or you don't know where exactly you are on the map because if they've got common core values that's attitudes and interests and a vision a strong vision goal then they If they've got those, they're going to have that community. They're going to be together in that. If they don't, then they're not. And so if you feel like I have these, but I don't, I'm not getting that fellowship, then you need to really look. Is it a mirage? Look at yourself. Am I bringing it each day, each day? Because I'm on stage. Again, Your vision is sometimes seen through your actions. Sometimes, I'm going to argue with the sometimes. Listening is 93% action, 7% what you say. Which means that there, you can say, I have these values, I have this vision, but if your actions say anything different, then you're a doggone liar. Period. Your actions have to equal greater than be equal or greater than your words. So you have to have that strong leadership. You've got to have that core values. You've got to have, and those core values have to be emanated throughout. One of the biggest challenges that I get is when my people are like, I love our core values, I wish that everyone of our team was held to that high of a standard because it's a challenge when you're getting larger groups of people to find the right fits that have those common interests, those common uh, beliefs, those common values. It's hard. Absolutely. But I'll take it because I wouldn't have people saying those things if I didn't have a lot more that did believe. It's not going to be perfect. Nothing's going to be perfect. No matter what motivational speaker you listened to yesterday, nothing's going to be perfect. You could do whatever system they threw at you that would make your profits rise by 27% and blah, 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 blah. And it's not going to be perfect because life's not perfect because we're humans. Because there's a human factor in there that is going to make an impact. Understand that. Focus on your core values. 
focus on a strong vision, and then make sure that each day you're bringing that. Make sure every day you're just bringing that. Don't worry about anything else. You want to build community, values and vision, and you bring it every single day, and you will build community because they will follow. They will flock. They will come together because they want what you're doing, what you're part of. So, all right, guys, so we're going to wrap it up for today because we're already, as usual, over as normal. I'm just going to call it an hour show at some point. Anyway, next week, we're going to be talking about calling these two extra little pieces of calling and nurturing the spirit. Uh, talk about how the Greenleaf Center and Servant Leadership kind of put these together and what they had to say about those, uh, as well as, as always, my take on these Uh, So we're going to be talking about those over the next week or two, uh, diving into some of the paradoxes uh, and balancing how to do servant leadership. And ultimately, I really want to give you what I feel like is the key. And I feel like Hunter agrees with me. And so we'll wrap it up with that and dive into next season where we will be discussing modern leadership and how that equates to servant leadership uh politics and you know uh religious groups and you know clubs and organizations and charities i mean we're just going to dive into every leader that we can think of and look at and talk about positives and and things that we see of good servant leadership in this world and what we feel like we're missing so got a lot I'm not even close to done, and I think we're like 20 or 30 shows in. Heck, I don't even know at this point. I'm just keeps recording them. So uh, don't forget, you can find me at www.mattlargentconcert.com. You can also find me on social media, Matt Largent or Matt Largent Concert in uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all, all that good stuff, TikTok, even the TikToks. Um, so catch me on any of those as well and always happy to engage with you guys. I appreciate that you guys are helping me grow and learn. This has been a heck of a journey. Uh, I gotta say that, you know, going back through this and teaching it again and again and again does everything for me. You would think it would get boring. You would think that I would start getting it a little, it would start feeling a little old for me, but it truly is exciting for me each time because i come away with something new uh every time i'm teaching it so hopefully you guys are too every time you're listening you're coming away with something new um but as we learned in listening we're only comprehending at 25 percent right so hopefully you got the good 25 percent other than that i look forward to talking to you guys next time have a great one welcome, welcome to, to the, the matt, matt large concert, concert.